Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Match Ball Podcast from Oz the Square Ball. I'm Dan Moylan. With me is Michael Normanton. Hello. And Moscow White's Daniel Chapman. Hello. Some size, some melancholy in the studio this evening. We'll get to that in a second. First, thanks to Levi Solicitors for their support on the podcast. 10% off your legal fees if you mention the square ball when you inquire. Head to levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. And the vastest dimension as well, if you are moving house, now we're in the new year, lots of people doing that. Have a look at their conveyancing stuff and you will get 10% off your fees there as well. I do feel like moving house. I feel like moving to a different city and supporting a different football team this evening because that wasn't great, was it? It was half all right. The first half was going fine. We had loads of chances. Just didn't score any. And then the second half, I'm not really sure what happened. They, well, they just, the second half seemed to be characterised by them just walking through our team. But that was only the last five minutes, so wasn't it? No, it was happening a lot through that second half, I thought. Oh, yeah, the, the weird child that they have right back mm. um, when... Barry Douglas disappeared ten minutes before he was substituted. That was that was a problem for for quite a while. Um, but my, I mean, there was only one team that actually came to win, and then the other team did win. That's quite annoying. Just look, they had two shots on target, two goals. Um, that's annoying. I hate Gary Monk. Wait, how many? Did hate, we have, how many did we have on target? We then? had five on target out of a total of fourteen. They had two on target out of a total of ten. I saw an interesting stat. I think it was LUFC Data who tweeted it out saying that we've conceded five times out of six now when we're in the last sort of first shot on target from the opposition in a game. So in the last six occasions that we've faced the first shot on target, we've conceded from it five times. It's like having Bailey Peacock Farrell back. Uh, we'll get well, we'll get onto Kiko in a minute and that near post shambles. Gary Monk's just got Bielsa's number, hasn't he, really? That's about the size of it. There was, uh, I don't know, today was... I think we were the better team. I think everything was very flat, strangely flat, um, starting with the the players. And it was it was a little bit like, you know, the start of the season when we came back and everybody's mind was still on the Derby defeat and Elland Road was really tetchy. It kind of felt that way in the first half. There was some... Uh, it wasn't as forgiving as it has been. There wasn't that feeling of, oh, Bamford's missed a chance, but another will come and he'll score that one. Instead, it was... Bamford's missed a chance. We're probably going to get relegated now, um, and that crept it. And then, yeah, the the performance as a whole. I think we were the we were good, but there was nothing really that looked like it was ever going to lift us above 
good. We were kind of, um, Bielsa's got our emotions so beautifully well rehearsed that when we are kind of going through the motions, we, we are still attacking strongly. Um, but it needed, uh, even when, it needed Hernandez to come on and set up two goals. But even he came on and you couldn't really make a difference. No, you're right as well. Because uh, I think we played within ourselves. That's right. That's the right that's way a good to describe way of putting it. it. We played within ourselves rather than that really sort of expansive, exciting way that we did against Arsenal in the first half. So even like you say today, when we were on top in the first, it felt a bit more functional rather yeah. than where you're going, wow, come on Leeds. And that that tension that's in the air at the minute. Still created some good chances though. There was Early on, there was um, the Bamford one where he, he just completely passed it to their goalkeeper. <laughs> Phillips did some nice work down, some nice closing down, and then it broke bam from the edge of the box. Not an easy chance, but the sort of thing that if it's the first shot we face, definitely goes in the top corner. It's easier if you actually kick the ball. Yeah, it was his right foot, wasn't it? I think he got confused with your uh, your your passing advice and your shooting advice. <laughs> he got the two things mixed up, and it was his right foot. But then he had a um, that chance that. Uh, their keeper saved the where I couldn't work out for my angle if he had hit the the post or his, no, I, or his I arm. Tell that was his right foot. So he can he can do it. I think it, that hit the out, either the outside of the post or the side netting, didn't it? No and we got a corner. Brilliant. I mean, from that angle, maybe there was a touch then. Maybe. You don't think is you can't score from that angle, can you? <laughs> that tricky angle of the six yard box. You, you know, any good goalkeeper will save those. Thing is, right, we've not become a bad side overnight. And I know what, what tends to happen now is everybody panics and goes into meltdown if mm. Twitter's anything to go by. We haven't yeah. instantly become a bad side. Patrick Bamford hasn't suddenly gone from looking like he's in really good form to being terrible. But what we've seen is his limits, the squad's limits. I mean, to go into that game, we've got one senior striker in the squad, which is unforgivable in my book, given we knew uh, Nketiah was going. Uh, we like to operate with a thin squad anyway. There is no room for pissing about with it this year. And... The Idiots made the documentary in which Angus Kinnear says, we're not pissing about with the playoffs this year. But unfortunately, the longer this carries on, and this is where the frustration stems from, then the closer we skirt to that outcome yet again, which we've seen all the evidence for. And the fear is that that evidence, you know, it's it's, it's happening again, isn't it? The evidence is there again. We are still eight points clear of third. We are. And I, I mean, I did tweet from the Square Ball account saying, look, you know, next week we could go top at QPR if we beat them in the early kickoff and everything will look a damn sight better and you know football changes a lot in seven days but it's just today's the microcosm of all the frustrations I'm going to question your maths here Moscow look again at the table it's six it's six okay <laughs> but, but it's the same point but the, the point stands yeah I mean look yeah. if, if somebody had said to you you'll come out of Christmas six points clear of third in second place and just a point off the top you'd have gone ah but it's the context isn't it it's the fact that we're here in January again we've had the wobble uh, it's one win in seven now we desperately need players into the squad as we did before we know he operates a thin squad so why aren't we busting our balls and maybe they are but maybe just the methodology is wrong. Maybe this is the problem with Bielsa. I don't know. Today, the thing is, today it, it's highlighted because Bamford would was never going to score today. But there was a chance in the second half as well where I think there were two. I think there was one where it was passed across from the right hand side, and he managed to hit it about five yards over the mm. bar. He had a header. There's a diving header went over the bar, and I just feel like we could have played forever with Bamford up front today, and we would never have scored. But it's... when there's when there's literally not a person on the pitch or the bench who can play up front instead of him you're, that, you're kind of stuck that bloody Meghan Markle <laughs> she's, she's ruined his week he can't believe what's happening to the royal family he'll be fuming about uh, that actress um, yeah it needed I think the argument um, my feeling as I was walking away in favour of new players is not so much quality 
Um, just some freshness. Yeah. I, th- I think it, it does just need a, somebody new in there. And that's that's one of the positive things you can do in, a, in the January window we've discussed on the other podcasts. It is quite, it's, um, it's hard to find players in January and it's hard to not have your pants down financially in, in January because it's a um, seller's market and teams aren't thinking about letting their players go. Every every club everywhere is thinking we, we need to add a couple. Um, but what it can do apart from better players is just something a bit fresh, something a bit different, something that's not just... Well, it adds that. It's like if you put a new player in, it adds a bit of competition to Bamford and it's not mm. the same player that he's got to know in Niketia. It's somebody new. It just keeps everybody... It uh, gives everybody that, that, that shot in the arm, doesn't and it? There's no shame in a striker having an off day. Every player has a bad day, but... We've, but we've seen him do this a thousand times. But that's we, why you change them and bring someone else on when mm. they're having a bad day. If they miss two or three chances, you think, well, time to give someone else a go, whereas we, we just couldn't do that today. It does depend how long it takes to bring in Shea Adams or whoever it's going to be. If it's um, more than... I can forgive them one game because it's, you know, as we're saying, January is a difficult time to sign players. It's, I, I don't think that's a an appeasing thing to say. I think it is a is a fact. If you look at the, the transfer market, why is, why is the deadline day such a, a big thing on Sky Sports is because everybody spends January arguing about how what players they want to sign and then on 6pm on the, the 31st they all go oh fucking hell go on then you've been badgering us for three weeks let's do the deal and that's that's a that fact is, if right. they can, and it's, but if they can so it will take time but we can't go on until the 31st January we, we can't do that Moscow, I'll give them a game Moscow I, I agree with you and it does because if it's Shea Adams then they obviously want to get another striker and that's everything that's all, all the evidence that's there mm. about Southampton fine but you've got Angus Kinnear in the programme notes today and it is now January the 11th. I mean, okay, he might have written these a couple of days ago before it went to print, whatever, but it's January the 11th and they're talking about moving early in the window. It's like we're nearly two weeks in, pal. It's all relevant. Well, that's what I mean. It's all... It's if Well, didn't he say, I haven't got them to hand, but he said that they started working on the deals they want to do before Enketia left. Well, this is, I mean... Great, so how long is it going to take then? Well... Isn't that is, the, it, is it going to be another defeat next week? Is it the selling club's fault? Do we need how much money do we need to pay the selling, club, selling clubs? We're going to do the argument last season was with Daniel James. We should have just given them thirty million on the first of January and just bought him. And that's just not how it works. It will be, and you know, you might have you might offer Southampton thirty million for Shea Adams. It's gone. No, I want him in the squad. And it's it's and there's two parties to every negotiation that they're doing. I don't think it's as simple as just saying we want to buy a striker and then he magically appears. I don't necessarily disagree with you, but don't go in the programme and say you're moving early then, nearly midway through the month. It just seems naive. I mean, I know there's nigh on three weeks still left in the transfer window, but today ramps up the pressure a whole nother level. You know, Niketia went, well, they knew at Christmas, they probably knew prior to that in the run-up that this was going to happen. Don't go in the programme and say that. Don't do a documentary and say we're not pissing about with the playoffs this year and then repeat exactly the same behaviours again. I mean, the Dan James thing, I know you're exaggerating with the 30 million thing, but we were pissing around with like, oh, well, actually, we can we pay you like 800 grand loan fee now and then we'll make it permanent at the end of the season and stuff. If we'd have gone to them at the start of the window and said, look, just here's 5 million quid, can we have him? They probably would have just it's, given Especially if, if we'd moved before the other clubs moved on their other players as well, so they didn't lose all those players. The and opening, we, went, we went first. The opening bid was a straight transfer. We offered him 7 million at the start of the window and they and Southampton, Southampton Swansea kept haggling about letting him go but the first, the opening up bid was just a reasonably sized transfer offer so how come the end deal for him was less than that because Swansea didn't want to let him go and it ended up being all over the place and it was going to be a loan and they want, it was Swansea who wanted it 
structured as a loan and then pay in the summer, the payment of the loan fee was what they were arguing about on January the 31st. That wasn't the problem. It was it was getting them to agree to sell him at all through January. Okay, yeah. I mean, there is an absolutely fair argument there. And we saw in the documentary that it probably wasn't the fault of the club, but the strategy is determined by the club. I think that's the point that we're getting at. And um, it's also the club's choice to make their feelings on the transfer window public. So... Maybe that's that's where the frustration is, and it's frustrating a game like today. So why did we lose that today? Well, why, I was just going to say on that, it is easier if Angus Kinnear does not put these things in the programme. I'm preempting it now. It will be easier. It's it's ten to six at the moment. It will be easier at half past nine if Angus uh, Angus Radrizzani, <laughs> if Andrea Radrizzani, somebody needs to just take his phone off him now and preempt Saturday night because at full at full time looking at Elland Road emptying and I can feel feel it with the the way you're kind of talking about the the January transfer window because the transfer window is open nobody is taking that 2-0 defeat like they would have done in November or the start of December it's just like oh wow oh, well, window's coming up oh with the next game <laughs> well yeah it would be, well we can we can fix it in January instead it's um, we go a goal behind and then two goals and I haven't seen Allen Road empty like that in ages and it is it's because the window's open and we haven't signed anybody. And they've closed the car parks as well. <laughs> and uh, although they've got the new uh, park and ride at Temple uh, Green, Temple Newsom. So there's some today. good news of today. Yes. Um, <laughs> and that's your hero sorted for today, then it? The, the park and ride's open, brilliant. But but I was... Happy in, New Year, everyone. I was looking around that stadium and immediately thinking, right, just somebody just take Radrizzani's phone off him because you can predict it. It'll happen at nine o'clock unless, tonight. Unless, it's a bank, unless he's doing a bank transfer. He'll pick somebody and he'll he'll reply to them and it'll be that we need to think positive blah 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 and it won't help pay and Southampton it, FC five million pounds that would that would be fine it's, and, but you're right it's like it doesn't help Angus Kinnear um, say that, but then well, what would people have said if his programme notes didn't have any updates on the transfer window it's, it's kind of it's there'll, there'll be people complaining about both it is un, it's unwinnable you're the, right the, yeah. the less the less set, I, I do subscribe to the Howard Wilkinson's old tactic, he said, if you don't tell anybody what you're doing, then they don't know what you're doing. I think that's a, a brilliant way to be and just keep everything yeah. quiet. Oh, we've done all, um, if this uh, this midget hotshot from Manchester City signs and we get this the goalkeeper we want, those are two that are just, those just seem to be quietly going through. It's the striker that's the problem though. And, it is, yeah. yeah. Um, Even still the midget um, genius from Man City you're still hoping that it works out and you're hoping that he can get up to speed quick enough and hoping that, you know, it's not a it's not a proven player, is it? There's an argument to say we probably don't necessarily need one with Pablo on the way back and Costa's in there and Jack Jackie Harrison. Um, but still, it's it's all just these little, whatever they are, incremental, not losses, but not quite doing things in the most optimal way to go and get promoted. Like you look at Sheffield United last year, they did business on the 1st of January. They, you know, they got two strikers. It's like just remove all doubt and you don't have to go nuts to do it you mm. don't have to go nuts to do it you do look at West Brom today though and they've drawn 2-2 two, two at Charlton and that's, yeah that's true I yeah. feel like sometimes we're in a, a bit of a Leeds bubble where we think we're the only ones that this this applies to but um, they'll be looking over the shoulder at Brentford as well because they've only got a point away at a team where a Charlton Charlton the 19th um at least Sheffield Wednesday are, are with that point are in the play well with those three points are in the playoffs Um so we've, yeah, I, think I don't un- think we're the only ones who are... The unease comes, though, to. from feeling like we're not necessarily trying our best to actually do this properly by not having another striker. Mm. Because 
West Brom, if you if you if you draw games and you're actually giving yourself an opportunity to win them by having Charlie Austin to bring on, that is better than just yep. feeling like you're just failing because, well, there's Bamford or I guess you could stick John Stevens up front for a bit, see how he does or whatever. You know, that, fingers that's, crossed. That's basically the option, isn't it? Like maybe Jack Harrison can play there. Well, we were listening to Nor Whelan as we came in on Radio Leeds. He was talking about how Sheffield Wednesday have five strikers in their squad. I think it might be six if you count Stephen Fletcher and that's that's a proper way to run things. None of them scored more than three. And they are in a bit of trouble with the old finances, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. It's just like I don't, I think... But there's a balancing act. There it? is a balancing act and certainly we are we are balancing the wrong direction with one striker, especially when it's a striker who, who has the game he had today. Um, but if, like I said, if they go out this week and I've, I think I've I've written it in the back the back page of the new square ball, so it's not like I'm um, saying anything I've I've not said before. S- speed time is of the essence, um, and it's I'm not bothered about how much the player they bring in costs so much. Like I don't need a ten million pound striker. I need a striker soon so that we're not going into more and more games with only one striker. But I, I'll, I'll allow it for a game because. It's a game we should have won. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The good thing about the championship is that it is draws that tend to kill you rather than defeats. You can afford, I think, to lose the odd game as long as you don't lose too many. We've said it many times before. As long as you win more than you lose, you generally do all right. So not too much to worry about. And the table is still fine. Um, even though it's we're, laying. But even still, it's not, is it? They're, like, they're only five points out of the playoffs, aren't they now or something? Mental. They'll be creeping up on us next. Do we need to worry if we're worrying about Brentford? Should we worry about Borough? Anyway, um, so back to the game today and losses. Why did we lose that today? Because we didn't score in the first half when yeah. we had several good chances. Harrison had a chance that was very near from a Douglas free kick that he got. It wasn't a bad shot really. It went, must have only been an inch or two wide. Bamford had a couple of chances. I mean, he did get it in the net, actually, it's Bamford. Very good header. I don't know if the click he... was offside when he... Was he? Yeah. Fair enough. Well, no I don't idea. know if de- that's what it was given against and there didn't see much. Yeah, That line's been in front of the East stand. In fact, I'm nominating him for a villain. He seems to get loads wrong. 
Seems well, to, seemed to miss a few offsides to them, and he also missed a couple of times the ball went out of play. Bambo wasn't happy with him. He argued one offside vehemently. Bambo right. wasn't happy all day. He was kind of... When he th- had a whiny day. Yeah, when a through ball wasn't coming his way, he was doing a little, he was doing a little flappy tantrum, mm-hmm. um, which... And, bitty, you know. bitty. Uh, yeah, there was that... Uh, I think it was a very soft call it was I think it was one of the penalty appeals he was trying to appeal for a penalty or something when it might be yeah, the header maybe I mean, just having a good old whinge just stop it um, and Kiko with the positioning of a daft racist today for the first goal <laughs> him and, uh, positioned uh, for quite far to the left oddly enough <laughs> him and Alioski when Alioski headed the ball away from him it was just it hadn't occurred to me before like whatever tactics Bielsa employs just keep those away from each other it's like crossing the streams in Ghostbusters Alioski and Kiko should not be near each other and before we get to the goal so there was all, there was there was the, the good first half when when we were um, we didn't score we were better but it was very flat and Norman Hunter was um, uh, as he walked past he was muttering that uh, Sheffield Wednesday had not come to play and he pointed out that uh, he said they've got a good little player like Barry Bannon and he's had about four touches and I think that was there was a lot of um, Wednesday were doing even they seem quite half-hearted in it compared to how they've been before but a lot of those kind of shirt pulls and little digs in behind the strikers and stuff like they were there to be kind of like um, spoiling it I thought Bannon did get a bit more involved in the second half. Yeah. He seemed to be a little, playing a bit deeper and was able to actually play some passes and I don't really cause know some what, problems. What happened? I'm, I mentioned it before about Barry Douglas sort of disappearing from the pitch ten minutes before he actually was substituted. But suddenly, when their um, their little right back was racing down the um, the right wing, I was looking around the pitch and I couldn't find him. I wasn't <laughs> sure where he was when that was happening. I was watching like Cooper racing across to go and tackle this kid. Normally, like, Alioski, that in it. <laughs> Well, the, well, oh, he's on the right wing. There he is. Well, it was interesting because then when Alioski did come on, um, the first thing he did was kind of, he tackled that lad by sort of getting in between him and the ball and then falling on the ball and then dragging him down as well and getting away with it all. And that's not Barry Douglas's style of defending ever. But the, it was weird. Suddenly that side of the pitch became a problem and they got in about three times. Once uh, Alioski was on and that problem was kind of nullified and then Pablo came on, I think, the the ten minutes up until them scoring, we were hammering we were away. Yeah, we, yeah, were, we were um not really making the, the chance that we would have wanted, but certainly it only looked and I'm I'm I don't want to th- throw him in the uh in the uh throw him under the bus or mention yet again that I was sitting next to Phil Hay on the gantry, but uh eighty five minutes he leaned over to me and he said, uh, I think there's a goal in this for Leeds, you know. Eighty six minutes. Yeah. There was the goal for Sheffield Well Wednesday. done, Jonah Hay. Yeah, we'll talk about that with him on uh, Thursday. I think um, down the left side, though, I think, yeah, that had really started to get away from us down that side. I think Monk had sussed that at half-time and he must have said, go down the right, because they were down that side every time after half-time. Yeah. When they had that spell when they were on top. But it was sorted. We got, you know, the change was made and then, and then the goals, mistakes, isn't it? Just losing the ball in, uh, in midfield and then... Um, and that shot beating Kiko, so two mistakes. I've seen, I've now seen replays from two angles of that, and I've still I not, I'm still not entirely sure how it's gone in. There doesn't seem to be any room for that ball to get past him. You know how on Monday we're all like, oh, Meslier, can you just stay in? I kind of feel like, I wish you had. Yeah. Mm. Possibly was, an argument for on the evidence. There wasn't much wrong with Kiko otherwise. 
today, apart from the one that Alioski pedded away from him, which was definitely more more Alioski than him. Um, Does it show maybe a lack of faith in the keeper there, though? Because he got the shout. I think he just... Would he, was he listening? He does, yeah. <laughs> I think it's just... He's just hearing it. He's just not ah! listening. In his head, isn't he? <laughs> um, but apart from that, he was fine. But then, yeah, the goal, which is not... I know that thing was mentioned before about us always conceding when there's a shot on target. I need to, to sort of mentally go back and not mentally, but actually properly look at those goals again and remind myself. But he does save some. Oh, you want uh, to show me the these ones? Yeah. I mean, it's two, um, it's two mistakes, isn't it? And then, um, and then that last goal is just, again, don't pass. I don't know who it was that tried to get our breakaway going by passing to a player who actually could not either, well, he couldn't stand was the thing. Stuart Dallas was just standing in midfield trying to be, trying to be inconspicuous and somebody from defence passed it to him and he just couldn't keep it. And that gave Bannon the opportunity lovely pass um, behind and so the second goal I think is one of those if if Stuart Dallas wasn't uh, mortally wounded or um, we hadn't tried to give the, the ball to him as he committed his kind of like war film <laughs> acting death dying act. swan yes dying swan is a better way of putting it he, um, did, he did look in a very bad way did because he's not the sort of player to stay down either when when needed and he literally couldn't stand up for about he spent two minutes trying to get to his feet and falling over again yeah and just he was, kept punching the turf and he was kicking the turf and you could tell he was he was angry so yeah and then somebody's bright idea ah Stewie you want the ball no he does not want the ball um, and that's what the second goal was it was just pure uh, that was the mistake and once we were, we were turned around for that and the second I mean you, when you concede a second when you're chasing a game it, it almost doesn't matter does it no. it's, it's the first one that um, I don't know who did give the ball away in midfield I've not seen it seen it back Phillips seems to have been the, what people are saying in front of Gareth Southgate who was there to watch him excellent I watched uh, at full, when the full time whistle blew the ball was dropping towards Phillips and he wanted to do, he tried to do that thing of just volleying it straight back up in the air in frustration and he completely miskicked it. <laughs> and it felt like that summed up. It summed up the day. Yeah. And you could tell there was nothing. There was points as well where uh, Luke Ayling and Liam Cooper were having a big argument about who should have been uh, doing something at a corner. And there was just, you could tell, nothing, nothing seemed happy today. It was all a bit from, tetchy again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the start... Yeah. On the pitch, in the stands, everywhere, it just didn't feel like going to Ellen Road and thinking, "Yeah, we are actually going to carry on." See, carry it probably is that the the fucker does seem to have some kind of weird hex over Marcelo Bielsa, and I do not understand where that comes from because um, he has done nothing in his life to deserve it. <laughs> um, he he doesn't deserve to win football matches, especially not against. Um, Marcelo Bielsa, he deserves to um, stand on the touchline. And I was annoyed. I um, I say this sometimes. I like comparing our technical area to other technical areas because we have that squad of of military men who are all they're all doing stuff and they're all debating the game. Whereas I noticed uh, Sheffield Wednesday were a bit like. Um, a lot of teams are coming where the manager just stands in the dugout doing nothing apart from he'll occasionally go to everybody else he just stays, sits down and goes uh, do you think I should uh, I should I should bring on you who 
do you think a big lad? And they go, yeah, boss, big lad. And, he goes, and so he goes and thinks about that for a while. But then when they scored their second, suddenly there's about 30 of them and they're all in the technical area um, jumping and celebrating and hollering. And, and Wednesday did that thing of making sure their celebrations were right in front of the the home fans as well. And it just, I just, I was looking at them and thinking, well, where, where the fuck have all you lot come from? <laughs> where have you been all game? You've sat on the bench and you've contributed nothing. At least our lot, you've got Corbran, you've got Flores, you've got the whole lot of them, they're all up and they're all... And so if we score, they can all be um, entitled to, to say, yes, we have all contributed to the group effort that has brought about this victory over the rival. This lot, who the fuck were they? Well, a few comments that have just come out in the aftermath. Bielsa says there's, uh, Phil reporting that Bielsa says there is um, an anxiety around the team. So that bodes well, doesn't it? <laughs> Christ above. Um, but at least Ben White is saying that he wants to get and get to and play in the Premier League with Leeds. So he's staying forever. I noticed that one. That's that great. Is, uh, that's good. He, uh, even he came up with a complete miss kick today as well. He did. He managed to somehow keep hold of it. Yes. It, it, was, was... A bit, it was a bit Phil Massinger at Arsenal, where he kind of completely missed the ball and then it, it worked out quite well for him. There was a good, there was some good stuff in the second half. We were, I think that that thing of recognising it wasn't a good performance, the players were trying. Um, there was a spell when it was, uh, it was Pablo and then Click and then I think Liam Cooper um all really working hard to retain possession and make sure that we weren't giving the ball away and they were trying to make things happen. And I thought they are they are actually trying to dig this out at nil nil and uh, and get a win. And I had some so if there is a anxiety amongst them, they were showing signs of overcoming it. And certainly and that was in that spell um I'm thinking of in the second half when we were dominating and we were the one who were doing all the attacking and effectively Wednesday just got lucky. I was ex- I was kind of expecting us not to score, unlike Phil, um, and it to be a just another Dow mill mill nil nil like it was at, at Hillsborough. Um, In fairness, they did have the best chance of that second half as well from the corner where they it looked like there was a header they should have scored, and then it came back to someone who was about six yards out who hit it over the bar. Yeah, it was that was actually, that that was the best chance of the half. Well, there was also the one where um, their little right back managed to cross it. Um, and Kiko missed the cross, the low cross, and I think it was Winnell again. Mm. Couldn't slide in it at the back post. So they, yeah, they. It's the classic thing of we we're doing all the attacking, and then the other team is producing the most dangerous moments. But it's it kind of interesting to compare it to the game at Hillsborough, which if if they'd have got lucky twice, then they hit the bar at Hillsborough, didn't they? Didn't Fletcher hit the bar? Mm. from memory so they could have won that one in exactly the same style so maybe that's just a team yeah we just can't quite get it against them can we it's a team with a plan that seems to that seems to to, to spoil us and it's that fucking strawberry faced wanker (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so emotions have been running high today so where where do we go from here then what what do we need to do now by three strikers (laughs) two centre backs wingers don't forget the there was a guy on the radio saying we need wingers and at least two world-class central midfield. Seriously, though, what do we do from here? We buy a good striker, and mm-hmm. that's probably about all we'll do. I and all, It's probably about all we need. I think it would do. One really good striker is preferable to buying four half-decent other players who might contribute at some point next season. Yeah. And, and you like the look of the, um, the Man City midget? Uh, he looks good on YouTube, doesn't Excellent. he? And the, I don't know much about him, but I've seen the the comments that apparently Bielsa thinks he can go straight into a championship team. Um, so it's not going to be... He's taking the Jack Clark spot, but they believe, they think he might be better. And it's interesting that we're, we're going for a permanent move 
with that as well. It's it's maybe the um, that Tyler Roberts factor of we're getting somebody in January that maybe not this season, but can contribute if assuming he doesn't do the Tyler Roberts for thing next year's his, promotion bid of his glass legs. Um, I think as a striker will do because that first half, if if Bamford buries a chance, if one of the others buries a chance, if somebody buries a chance, and I think yeah, bringing in um, a Shea Adams or somebody of that ilk, even a Billy Sharp, somebody with the swagger. And Ketia had the swagger, but as we we discussed on the, the Athletic podcast with Phil, his first loan, never done anything anywhere apart from in the under-23s, and the under-23s isn't real life. Um, so somebody who has put the ball in the net on a regular basis in this division, who can just come in and be confident. Confident would help just somebody coming in from outside and freshening it up clear hero from today then is Shea Adams congratulations <laughs> on your assist in the game for Southampton uh, and we look forward to you signing in the coming days etc uh, thanks for listening to this one then levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball 10% off your legal fees we'll speak to you later in the week the square ball podcast imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with bowl and branches organic cotton sheets in a recent customer survey 96 percent replied that bowl and branch sheets get softer with every wash start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee plus get 15 percent off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.